And we're going to look at our scripture, Mark 5, beginning in verse 1. Now, this is a long scripture, a long story. And, you know, I always try to, like, maybe tell a little story before I preach, but this tells its own story. And I know I'm not going to try to be before you long. I know some of you got the grill getting ready to get fired up and got all the ice and chills and all. So I'm going to try not to be before you long. So I can give you the whole version or I can give you just a little bit. So what y'all want? (laughs) Okay. Mark 5. The New King James Version says, Then came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound and shackled and chained. And the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. And always, day and night, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For he said to him, Come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, What is your name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send them into the, out of the country. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. So all the demons begged him, saying, Send us to the swine that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirit went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. So those who fed the swine, they fled, and they told it to the city and the country. And they went out to see what is that that happened. Then they came to Jesus and saw that the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who saw it told them how it happened to him, so he had been demon-possessed and about the swine. Then they began to plead with him to depart their region. And when he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends And tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him. And they all marveled. Now, if I was to entitle this scripture, this sermon, 
I would just say, free your mind so that Christ can really use you. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, we just thank you, Lord, for this another opportunity to come together to praise and worship your name, Lord. Thank you, O Heavenly Father, for this opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Amen. And they all marveled. And they came to the other side of the sea. They came over from the seashore where Jesus was teaching to the crowds in parables, meeting people where they are. You know, that's what Jesus does. And after he got into the boat to rest, he was unable to rest because a huge storm had came upon the sea, so unruly that the disciples in the boat with Jesus and the boats that were around were so afraid. They were so afraid that they woke him up. I'm thinking they probably said something like, we know we're safe if Jesus is woke, so please, somebody go wake him up. Now, we don't know what he might do, but we know that we're going to be safe. And Jesus approached the bow of the boat. He rebuked the wind and the waves. Peace, be still. The disciples were so fearful that they said one to another, what matter of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? But now in our scripture today, Mark 5, Jesus moved to the other side of the Sea of Galilee to the east side to Gentile country. He had been mostly preaching and teaching to the Jews, so now he is exposing himself to the Gentiles. Now, he approached gatherings whose livelihood uh, appeared to be forming, pig forming, because the Bible tells us that there was 2,000 pigs in that region. As Jesus got out of the ship, not his disciples, but him, the disciples were probably like, I don't know what he get ready to do, but this is Gentiles. And, you know, they thought they was a little better than the Gentiles anyway. But as his feet hit the soil, immediately there came a man. Now, Matthew says there were two men. But then Matthew, Mark, and Luke just talk about this one man with the unclean spirit. I would imagine that there were two. But as they were probably in and out of their right minds and saw Jesus and was determined that this is the man that we've been heard about that's been healing around town. So for the one man, just a glimpse of his right mind, he ran to Jesus. Perhaps his friend was so possessed and overwhelmed with unclean spirits that he gave up and continued to be content with his condition. You know, I used to tell my children a lot of times that you hanging out with some of your friends and all that, but you want to try to do something different, you got to break away. You got to, if you go away for 20 years and come back to the, there's going to be some of those same people sitting on that same stoop doing the same thing simply because they all lost hope. We need a faithful generation today, my brothers and sisters. So, 
This man was possessed with unclean spirits, and he ran to Jesus, a man in agony who lived in the graveyard. He lived with the homeless, the deranged, the mental illness people, people without hope. No one could bind him. They tried to chain his hands, they tried to chain his feet, but the power of the unclean spirit was so great in him that no man could bind him. No man could tame him. He was considered like an animal, you know, just running loose and rampant through the graveyard. Sometimes, church, we give up too easy on our loved ones who's having problems, even our children. Oh, let them go. They're just going to keep doing it over and over again anyway. See, the devil will try to wear you down. Child of God, you have to be persistent and fight your fight. You got to fight your fight to save your children, to save your families. There's no rest for the weary. Jesus couldn't even rest in the, in the uh, boat because it had to quiet the storm. And the Bible tells us that now that he's in heaven, he never sleeps nor slumber. So this man, he was weary, crying day and night, cutting himself with stones. There are those today who are out day and night shooting and looting and killing out of their minds. There are those today that are so afraid within themselves that they cut themselves. My, my psychology friends, they tell me that cutting yourself takes you from the pain in your mind that you cannot see to the pain on your body that you can see. And for just that moment, the pain you see substitutes the pain that you cannot see. And people might help you because they see the hurt on your flesh. But the town people got so used to it that they just let him cry out day and night. As long as he stayed in the graveyard, as long as he stayed away from us, as long as he stayed in his room, as long as he keep playing with his fidgies, as long as he keep playing with the video game, as long as it ain't our school, as long as it ain't our church, as long as it ain't my kid, well, the war is raging. And whether you know it or not, or whether you like it or not, you are in a spiritual warfare where the fire has been turned up seven times hotter all day and all night. You cannot be tired or give up. Whatever battle you fight in, the devil has power, but God has all power. And your hope and faith in Jesus is what we need. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. So, you know, back in the day when people would not comply with the world or authority, they would be restrained, locked up in the rooms where there's rubber on the wall so they don't hurt themselves. And if that didn't work, they would cut part of their brain out that, that caused that aggra aggravation, that aggressionness. But now they got all kind of drugs that's to do you, to relax you put you in a state of euphoria. Some even kill you. And when you are in this coping state, life don't matter. Whatever. It is what it is. 
The devil piles it on, in you and on you. So this man saw Jesus and ran to him and worshiped him. The man probably heard about Jesus, but the devil for sure knows who Jesus is. And yes, the devil worships Jesus because he not only know him, he knows when Jesus come on the scene that his time is up. So Mark says in verse 7 and 8, and cried with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with you, Jesus, son of, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I beg you by God, do not torment me. But Matthew says in 8.29, And behold, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? What time? Ah. These demons reach way back on what Jesus, what God said in his promise that would happen to them. Genesis 3.15, and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. It shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. In other words, the devil said, son of God, is it the time that you have come to crush us? They knew 1 John 3.8, he that commits sin is of the devil. For the devil, he sinned from the beginning. And for this purpose, that the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil, they now, they, they know that this is why Jesus came to the earth, to break the yoke of Satan. So the devil is saying here, oh no, Jesus, he's here. Have, have you come to destroy us already? They probably was thinking of John 12, 31. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. Have you come, Jesus, to cast us out right now? Then they knew Matthew 25, 41. What happens when you don't treat your neighbor right? When they're hungry, or thirsty, or naked? Then shall he say to the one on his left, depart from me, you cursed, and to everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. The devil knows his fate, that the lake of fire is prepared for him. So saints, the battle is already won. So you're not fighting to victory, you're fighting from victory. So he asked Jesus, did you come to torment me before the time? Did you come to restore your kingdom on earth already? So you know Jesus. He don't never answer nobody directly. He always got to give you a story or a little example. We got to give you a parable. You know, then you make up your own choice. So in verse 8 of Luke, Jesus said, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Then he asked, what is your name? Now, who is he talking to? The demon or the man? But the demon took over. The answer was, we are legion. We are many. But the man might have been saying, I got many issues. 
This is because oftentimes you become what you are enslaved by. Remember in Matthew 16, Jesus had asked his disciples, who do men say I am the Son of God am? Some say you John the Baptist, some say you Elijah, some say you Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said, but who do you say I am? Peter answered, you are the Son of God, you are the Son of the living God, and the devil knew that. You, Son of God, what are you doing coming here to torment? Don't torment us. They say he is acting like prophets of old, his cousin John, and a knowledgeable men of God. That's because you become what you are enslaved by. Jesus was enslaved by the Holy Spirit, by God. Jesus wants to know, what is your name? That's why it is important to name your child. I always tell people, what is your child's name? Because you are calling them every day, and that name is what he will become. Ask Nabal. His name meant fool in 1 Samuel 25 with Abigail. What is your name? Not what is your issue. Jesus didn't ask about his issue. He asked, what is your name? So we become known as our issue, not our name. You know that woman that has McNocker score. You know that first black Supreme Court justice. You know that drunk. You know that crackhead. You know that prostitute. You know that beggar. So Jesus wants you for what your name is, for where your heart is, not your issue. The demons tried to scare Jesus off. We are legion. I guess I can say that in my, in my deep voice. We are legion. In my scary voice, we are legion. A Roman army of 600,000 strong. All the works of the flesh. I'm adultery. I'm fornication. I'm wrath. I'm strife. I'm seduction. I'm heresy. I'm envy. I'm murderous. I'm drunkenness. He could go on and on and on, 600,000 strong. But that is still no match for our Savior, who can speak to the winds and the waves, and they will cease, and can heal the sick, make the blind to see, and the lame to walk. Jesus just needs to speak the word. He don't have to touch you. Just speak the word. The centurion said, you don't even have to go down there and heal my daughter. Just speak the word. Speak the word. Light, sun, moon, speak the word. This is how we know this was Gentile country too also because of the unclean situations that Jews don't have nothing to do with. Jews did not touch the dead. You know, the blood, the man was cutting his arm up. He, he couldn't touch the blood because it was unclean. He was living in the tombs. So by healing this man, for whoever was watching, you know they was all back there watching, he did not break the Jewish laws of touching what the Jews considered unclean. He just speak the word. Now, the devil has gotten used to this area because they asked, please don't send us away out of this country. We want to stay here and be evil and do all these evil things. These people are used to us. They don't care that we continue to 
shoot up their schools or leave their babies in hot cars or give fentanyl in their drugs or shoot each other day and night or take drugs or alter our minds. Let us stay right here, Jesus. Even if we can't stay in the graveyard, oh, let us go over there into the pigs. The things that are happening today is not of God, but of the devil. It is not violent. It is evil. What you wake up to on the news every day is evil. But the devil needs a host. But he has to get God's permission. And God will send you just what you can handle. So if God sent it by the devil, you can handle it through the faith and the trust and the praising and the praying that you have in God. Second Corinthians, Paul talks about that thorn in his flesh. That is talked about in Numbers 33, 35, 55. The continuous annoyance and trouble that he has in his flesh. But he was also talking about the continuous and annoyance that he had of the people, the church people. We keep getting, and this keeps him from getting conceited or arrogant. I was given this thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan. He asked God three times to remove it. And what did God say? My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. When you are weak, God is strong. So you have to put your hands in the hands of the Lord to become strong in your fight. We're all in a fight. I don't care you fighting with the light company. I don't care you fighting with, the, with the, uh, your, your landlord. You fighting with your spouse. You fighting with the people in the street. You are in a fight. So Satan has to get divine permission to do anything to you. When things get tough and rough, just stay with God. It won't be long. He only comes for a season. Stay with God. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord mighty and strong. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Lift up, up in the ancient doors that the King of glory may come in. And who is this King of glory? The Lord mighty and strong. You already got the fight. So the devil runs around doing his job, kill, steal, and destroy. And when you don't have the king of glory, you won't be able to stand. Have you considered my servant Job? Now, the only reason you ain't went all the way crazy, just look at your neighbor. The only reason you ain't went all the way crazy is because God has a hedge of protection around you. Jesus, be a fence all around me every day. Keep my heart and my mind and my soul. Satan told God, move your protection. And Job, he's going to curse you. God said, hey, touch everything on him but his soul because that belongs to me. So Satan has no authority over you. He must have God's permission. So when you come out 
of whatever battle you are in, just don't forget to give God the glory. Give God the glory. Thank you, Jesus, because I don't know how I would have made it through that if you wasn't there. Give God the glory. So these men, they asked to go in the pigs. Hypocrites. Don't torment me, Jesus. And they done tormented this man for we don't know how long. But now that they're caught, they want mercy. Mm, ain't that just how it go? Look at somebody and say, really? <laughs> so now I'm just going to wrap it up a little bit. Toward the end of this message, Jesus had requested, had three requests, but he only granted two. Put us in the swine. And he did. Jesus did not kill the pigs. The demons made a choice. And there is consequences to whatever choices that we make. They wanted to go into the pigs. And the demons being so many, a legion, made those pigs go wild and crazy. And as a result, they ran off the side of the mountain into the river. That's what that name Gadarene is, meaning rushing and running and in a hurry. It's just like getting in a car with a drunk driver. You make that choice. And the consequences might be that they drive off the road and kill everybody, but you made a choice to get in the car. You knew he was drunk. The second request, the town people asked Jesus to leave. That's something. Jesus, a gentleman, will not stay anywhere he is not welcome. He told his disciples, if you go to a region and they don't want you there, shake off the dust from your feet and keep it moving. The people was not feeling this thing that just happened with these pigs and these demons and this boy standing here looking all good in his right mind. You came and disrupted our livelihood and healed a man that we have gotten, we had gotten used to him crying and screaming. We're used to the sin that we are in. You can't fear God. I won't fear God if I don't see him or have to deal with him. I ain't got to fear, I ain't got to fear him. I'm not fearing Satan because I'm comfortable and, Jesus, and Satan ain't going to bother me because we're doing what he wants us to do. So even if it is the work of the devil. Sometimes we just feel comfortable doing what we do. We are not afraid for things that enslave us once we get used to it. But when Jesus disrupts us to lift us out of this muck and this miry clay and break the yoke of Satan from us, we become fearful of the miracles and not the respected fear that we need to have with Jesus. We saw what you did, Jesus, so you got to get out of here. The disciples were afraid just last night when they said, what manner of man is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? People see change and they get fearful sometimes, but when it's a good change, God is just stretching you out. Of the, of the cocoon that you're in, that you become the butterfly that he wants you to be. Now, these people are afraid, and they're telling him to leave. 
You know, so like I said, the gentleman that he is, he gets back in his boat. Because a hardened heart against Jesus will not change unless Jesus changes it. But you have to make the choice to want to know him better for yourself. You can come to church all day long, all day Sunday, but until you study to show yourself approved unto God, it doesn't even matter. Somebody can get up here and tell you anything, but you need to research it and know that they're telling you the truth. So if that man or that woman is asking you to leave, just leave. Oh, I don't know, I don't know who that was for. Okay, God. Just leave. Be the gentleman or that lady. But people get hostile because they want to clean, you know. So anyway, and I'm going to close with this, the third request. The man that is now closed in his right mind, he would be the one that you might want Jesus to grant his request. Can I go with you? But he sent the man back to his hometown, verse 19. Go home to your friends and tell them how great things the Lord has done for you and has compassion on you. Go back and tell your story. Your friends will see that you left in a rage, but now you are back to tell them about the goodness of the Lord. And no matter what they heard about me, Jesus is saying, Tell them about the compassion that I had on you. Jesus has compassion on us. So the man went to the capitalist and he testified to his people. Sometimes we need to get up from where we fell down and not run away when we fall. Jesus will always send you away with more than you come with. When you come to church, you should never leave the way you came in. Your spirit should be lifted because that's what church is. Gather yourself together with like-minded people who love the Lord, that they may lift one another up and, be, and, and give each other strength. Jesus had to go to Gathering to save this man, just like he had to go to Samaria to save the woman at the well. Jews didn't have nothing to do with them, but Jesus has something to do with everybody. When you are in slavery and you meet the Savior, you will have salvation. You will be liberated. You will be set free. Sometimes Jesus got to change your name to make you know that you are free. Abram became Abraham, Sarai became Sarah, Jacob became Israel, Simon became Peter, Saul became Paul, the drunk became a deacon, the drug addict became a preacher, the prostitute became an evangelist, the graveyard dweller became free. We have to come from where you were to where you are to be in a free state from Jesus. And we praise God today because we know that God has made us free. This story is not so much about what Jesus did, but who Jesus is and why he came here. He came to restore, to reform, to overcome, to liberate. 
So as we commemorate this 4th of July and we celebrate Juneteenth so that you are liberated by the power of God, that he has come to take you out of your graveyard. John 10.10, he come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Mark 16, 17, and 18, in the name of Jesus, you can cast out devils, speak with new tongues, take up serpents, and if you drink deadly things, it will not harm you or lay hands on you. You can lay hands on the sick, and they shall be healed. That's the kind of power that you have. Luke 24, 49, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in city of Jerusalem until you are endued with the power on high. Ask for the Holy Spirit. Wake them up. Some of our spirits is like a couch potato just laying there waiting on somebody to say, come on, Holy Spirit, lead and guide me in the way that we should go. John 14, 12, he that believes me and my words... He shall do also an even greater than me because I go to my Father. Jesus said we're going to do even greater than him. So you all saints, you got to pull up your power. Get into the Word. Know what Jesus is all about. Pray to the Almighty God to give you strength from on high. We're we facing a lot in this world right now, more than ever before. This generation may be even the one that Jesus said, God said, go get my children. And so we got, we got to pray and thank God for the things that he has done. And if you do not know God as your personal Savior, it's, not, it's just very simple. There's no hocus pocus or running around and jumping down. All you got to do, and if you don't know him, just repeat this after me. Lord Jesus... I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you lived, that you died, and that you rose again, and now sitting on the right hand of God, interceding for me, that you are my Savior and my Lord, and amen. And if you believe that, he said, confess, believe it in your heart, and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, then you are saved. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for this word today. We thank you that we could come together and lift you up, Lord. I just love you, O oh Heavenly Father, and I thank you that the hearts and minds of the people who have heard this word, Lord, has changed. will go back a stronger person, ready for the battle, dressed in their armor, ready for the slaying of the devil. We thank you, Lord. Keep us from evil. Amen. 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 Y'all give God a praise. Give God a praise. It's <laughs>